Hello, welcome to Kaiba Health and Life. I'm your host, Kristen Wolisinovich, here with my co-host, Lisa Metropolis. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Lisa. Nice to see you. And in the hot seat is the beautiful, talented, amazing, in front of Kaiba Health and Life, Dr. Kathy Barton-Brown, psychotherapist. You've been in private practice for 15 years, in 15 fact. 15 years, yes. Wow. wow. And in the field since 1984. 19, I, was which five, is I was five years old. I was going to say you're 29, <laughs> so it's very bizarre that you have so much rich history in psychology. But you've been on the show, and we're so your friend of the show. And mental health advocacy is mm -hmm. so important to us. So it's an always an honor and privilege to have you on. So today's topic is very, very important. You know, we're coming off the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. We're coming off holidays and especially compounded with social media. If you're struggling with holidays and you're on social yeah. media and every family seems perfect and mm. together and hugging yeah. and loving, yeah. you know, it's it can be very overwhelming. But I want to start off by talking about anxiety yes. and depression mm. symptoms. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's in especially with our stressful world we live in. Tell yes. us a little bit what are symptoms that you experience. With depression, you may experience um, sleeping too much okay. or sleeping too little. Yes. You may notice a change in your appetite, eating more than usual, eating less than usual. Okay. You may feel the need to isolate or alienate yourself from people, um, so you're kind of socially withdrawn. You lose interest in things you normally have a passion for. Um, so if you're someone who likes to go bowling, you're on a bowling team, all of a sudden you have excuses about why you don't want to go bowling. You may get irritable. Now, sometimes as women, we can confuse that because of hormones, but that's you, right. <clears throat> but it's a consistent irritability that's beyond our normal three or four days of irritability. Right. It's, it's consistent over time. And so these symptoms, oh, and also crying and unable to stop crying for no reason, seemingly. Um, but when the symptoms continue for more than two weeks, then we consider it a major depression episode. I see. With anxiety, um, some people have anxiety and don't really know it. Mm -hmm. Some anxiety is good anxiety. Yes, right? it's like it's like a natural. It's like good stress. Yes. When you get, you're getting married, you're buying a house, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're purchasing a new car for the first time. That's good anxiety. But when we have anxiety that's paralyzing, when we have anxiety that causes us to panic, and not want to go into environments, maybe new environments. We don't want to be around new people anymore. Or maybe we feel like we can't breathe. Yes. So yeah. it was, it's symptoms that come on. They may come on fast mm -hmm. or it may be slow progression, mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. But you need to recognize because anxiety and depression sometimes go hand in hand. Is that correct? Absolutely. Which mm -hmm. could seem awkward because with depression, normally you think, okay, I'm sleeping. I don't feel like doing anything. However, the anxiety is the cortisol release, the fight or flight, mm -hmm. the feeling you can't mm -hmm. relax, you can't sleep. Some people um, will take anxiety, depression, and automatically put a label on it and say you're bipolar. Okay. I kind of have an issue with that. Because okay. if you have an issue from childhood, let's say um, you were in a fire mm -hmm. as a child, and when you think about the fire that happened when you were a child and you're already kind of in an up space, you may look like you're manic or have anxiety. Right. If you think it could about, be post-traumatic. Yes, right. absolutely. Okay. If you think about it and you're already kind of in a melancholy place, 
you can look depressed. But wow. really, it's the post-traumatic stress from the issue that happened in childhood. Right. Oh, wow. But we, right. we usually just put labels on people without getting to the root cause of what's really going on and driving it. And what we're seeing is no one ex is exempt from oh. suffering this. We oh, see sure. it in families. So mm -hmm. it's not race, religion, gender, socioeconomic. Mm -hmm. We're all susceptible to having these. And when do you usually see symptoms? Can they start to surface during childhood? Absolutely. Is there a certain age, do you think? Or do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, usually, um, and I, I work in private practice with kids as young as four years old. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. um, but many times they don't know um, and the parents may not be aware right. of some trauma that they've experienced because what okay. we think is a normal, especially in some of the dysfunction that we have in families, we mm -hmm. have normalized our dysfunction yes. to the point that we're used to the dysfunction. It so becomes, you, right. It, it becomes, becomes every day. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I have a friend and her daughter was uh, inappropriately touched at daycare mm. oh. and, and her behaviors began to change but because there's already dysfunction in the family, the mom just thought it's because of other things going on in the family. Mm -hmm. So we have to know the behaviors of our children right. to know when it changes. I think mom probably recognized something was going on, but because the behavior within the family is cyclical, mm -hmm. it just as seems something that maybe would have been a red flag it becomes nor normal. Mm -hmm. We normalize our dysfunction. Right. And, right. and, and then we begin to see the, the issues when we begin to seek out being emotionally aware and healthy, the people around us are so emotionally dysfunctional that they get mm. angry with us yes. for wanting to be emotionally healthy. Right. You know what? That's true. That is the statement of the year. Yeah. Don't you think, Lisa? Sure. I mean, yeah. you come from a big family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you, there's five children. See, I'm an only child. <laughs> so it's hard sometimes for me within my two daughters they're fighting, they're bickering, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I'm told it's typical, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes. Them stealing, I have two daughters. <laughs> them stealing clothes yeah. and them fighting, right. you know, they're like, that's such sister stuff. But mm -hmm. I, I, I do have a sister, but we didn't live in the same household and we're best friends. So we don't mm -hmm. really fight. We kind of, you know, say, yeah, we, we get each other. Right. So right. it's hard to learn those behaviors, but I do think, you know, once once the normalizing the dysfunction, we've got to stop that. I mean, I just feel it's got to be stopped. I have. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm curious about, uh, and, and there's so many people out there that are predispositioned. Mm. That, that, that word has come up so often. I know there's predispositions to um, different types of mental mm -hmm. uh, situations in families. What are some of those very, uh, very acute predispositions like what are what are some of the predispositions that are very common in families that are that are undiagnosed so often that a lay person could maybe yeah. recognize yeah. so when you talk about being predisposed yeah. a lot of times is behaviors that's been passed through the generations mm -hmm. correct correct and so yes. when you have behaviors that's been passed through the generations again it becomes normal so one of the for instance Kids who grow up in a family with alcoholic parents, yes. they grow up and they say to themselves, what's normal? And so if you were to go back, it, it's, it's so many symptoms that are related to being a child of an adult 
alcoholic that there's a whole group of people right caught, okay so when you look at that you begin to see things and you'll ask them and they'll say well you know when I was younger I always went to my friend's house my neighbor's house because I wanted to know what a normal family mm. was like because you get right. so used to walking on eggshells right. right so when you when you're looking for the predispositions when you when you see kids who um, are very angry okay when you see kids who are very withdrawn when you see kids who don't have a voice, because many times in the house, we, you know, you're told what goes on in this house, stay in this house, you're threatened if you tell right. any of the things that would involve legal systems, you know. Um, right. There are some kids who are too afraid to report that they're being burnt with cigarettes, um, you know, because they're so convinced that if they do, they're going to be in more trouble. And they're convinced that they deserve it. That it that was normal. That that's a well, normal. They, it's normal, action. but they grow up to think I don't deserve a good relationship. Yes, I don't they don't think they're worthy. Person. Right now, is there a now is there a is there a common uh, scientific is it chemical like for 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 a genetic for us uh, correct yes thank you so yeah, I, I I'm very proactive. Mm -hmm. it, alcoholism is very predominant mm -hmm. on both sides mm -hmm. of my children. Of, their, their dad mm -hmm. and my family. Mm -hmm. We look for those things or, okay, you know, we look for signs. We look, what are some of those types so, of things? For is me is it just genetic? Is it scientific? Is it the way you're wired? Is there something in behavioral? Of all, all of it. It's yeah. a little bit of okay. all of it. For my family, yeah. alcoholism and addiction ran on both sides of my family. Sure. And so I grew up saying I didn't want to date a person who were they were heavy drinker, social drinking I could handle, but a heavy drinker because I knew of my dad being a chronic alcoholic mm -hmm. right. and abusive to my mom, then you were going to stop the cycle. I had to stop right. the cycle. So for me to stop the cycle, I made a list of what I had to have in a person that I was Genius. going to be with. Yes. And and one of the things on the list, I could not have a person who had addictive behaviors mm, right. because I did not want to pass that on to the next generation right. through me. Well, and because it could have been genetic component, but right. it definitely would have been behavioral mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. cognitive yeah. and learned behavior that, and th it just hits so close to so many oh, families yeah, so close to because home. I think what happens is we're all, all of our wheels are spinning right now mm -hmm. because the behavior escalates. There's contempt within families. There's sure. comfortability. And we show sometimes our worst sides to the people we're closest to. Oh, absolutely. So not yeah. only that, they have to take on our energy we have to take on theirs, and then within sixty seconds, we're all fine, right? And it never happened. Well, and 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 I think, it, but it's the truth. And the person may not have recovered from what had just went down. Well, we don't. We sweep it under the rug. Yes, yeah. we don't sit down and say, "Let's talk about what just happened." Right. You know, um, I can remember my daughter got upset with me, and she blurted out, "I'm calling um, CPS," and I quoted the number to her. Yeah. <laughs> and I quoted the number to her yes. and I made her memorize the number right. because what you think is, if I don't even raise my voice. I know you don't. You. You're very so good at that. I talk. But the one thing, the reason I talk is because my grandmother was a yeller. She's mm. yelled everything. She was negative. She was angry all the time. And I made a decision as a child that would not be me. You know, to have such uh, foresight at such a young age is really incredible. I wish... I come from a family of yellers. On my mom's side, they're Irish Catholic. All the, they didn't communicate. They, they communicated. It's a beautiful family. You know, yes, not to get right. too, too deep and personal, but even telling funny stories 
they would yell. <laughs> they were because everybody's story yeah. was funnier. So in order to get heard, you had to be yeah. very loud. And and tell me this. How yes. do men respond when we're very loud no, and they, yell at them? I well, struggle with men. That'll be the di- a next yeah. that'll be the next show. <laughs> I, I see men have a, a special button on the inside when your voice hits a certain tone. Or volume, yeah. they automatically shut out. Doctor, look at, look at our Zach. That, look at our that producer might be Zach. Why I've been married a couple or few times. We'll talk no, no. about that Lisa, next time. Be the next show. Doctor Kathy will be on the next seventeen <laughs> shows. And look at producer Zach. Like his eyes are wide. Like it's all making sense to him on what's going on. But oh boy, I could hug you. But is that yeah. not the truth? And uh, yeah, I think true. Like you said too. You know, getting back to anxiety and depression and behaviors. Mm-hmm. When you're in a family and it causes emotional stress because of, you know, families are emotional and then you leave and then you go and maybe you are in environments or you start forging friendships where there is love Mm -hmm. and light and lifting. And it's something that you're like, whoa, this isn't, I'm new to this and it's creating really, it's creating endorphins and and Mm -hmm. stuff that I'm not used to. Right. And then you shift. But it's uncomfortable. Because it you're is so in the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning. And once you learn self-love, then the people who are struggling with you have to determine if it's arrogance or mm-hmm. too much confidence or what it is. And then it becomes, there's another struggle upon that. And, and we'll talk about that later. But getting back real quickly to anxiety and depression and to Lisa's questions mm-hmm. too, you know, being predispositioned, the genetic component making sure you have the tool the tools that's what i want to get to recognizing we recognize you have it Mm -hmm. you you know something's wrong with you or your child and then you contact a professional and you get a full diagnosis Mm -hmm. then what are some next steps you can go through because you can get treated medically holistically there's a laundry list i um i i advocate for medication when necessary Mm -hmm. however i believe when we go back and like i said talk about the root cause of where this issue is coming from. You know, if there was a trauma in the family, if there was a divorce that was never reconciled, if you never talked, if the child never got a chance to express how they felt about the divorce, then they carry fault and blame. Mm -hmm. Kids as young as three or four years old blame themselves for their parents getting divorced. So going back and having those conversations many times can help resolve some of the anxiety. um, Empowering people to know that, just, just to know that, it's normal to have some anxiety. You're not you're not a freak because you have anxiety was, or depression. I was going to say that that what I've been trying to do in my shift mm-hmm. and change is let the kids know it's okay to be upset. I think we were raised it's generational. You're fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. You're you're yeah. over emotional. You're fine. You're okay where I will not tolerate that. You will leave you will leave this house. You won't be able to live here. I will never say that. Mm-hmm. You have to allow it to flow. What I the conversations I've been having is this is going to pass very soon. Let it flow. You have to be a, a mature parent. And I'm, and many I'm working times on it. You have to listen. And listen, but yeah. mature parents can listen. Immature parents right. cut you off. They take You're your right. voice away mm-hmm. and they won't allow and they won't allow you to express how you feel. Because my grandmother was so negative, my mother made the change and, and the shift. And so she let us express 
how we felt and we weren't in trouble for seeing how we felt. But when right. people marginalize and, and, and devalue your feelings and your emotions, then you learn to downplay your own beliefs. That's right. So you don't listen to your gut when you meet the bad man because you've right. already been, you know, taught to question the voice on the inside. Oh, absolutely. And isn't that you? It's hitting home. And once you recognize and get that awareness that the issues aren't yours, it's that person across from That's you. Right. It's powerful. You know, but and once you begin to trust that voice and go with it, you know, as social workers, we always say, trust the inner voice, trust right. your gut, trust you know, your gut. but we yeah. have to teach our kids, it's okay to trust your gut and it's okay to say how you feel. Now, how you say how you feel is another issue. You're, the way it's delivered. The way it's delivered. It's extremely we, important. That's yeah. right. If we go up in environments with screaming and yelling, yeah. how are we going to express ourselves but screaming and yelling? Right. You know, but my mom would sit us down and say, now, why are you upset about that? You know, what? what That's wonderful. But let's talk about what, where is it that you got upset? What did you misunderstand about? You misunderstood something because I would never hurt you. I would never hurt your feelings because I love you. It's understanding and conversation and dialogue. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. And listening. You know, one of the best uh, examples that I, I, for myself, my, my kids, you know, growing up, my mom would, you'd, I'd say, Mom, I'm hungry. Mom, I'm cold. Mom, oh. she'd say, oh, you're fine. You're fine. You know, she had five mm -hmm. kids. To, I, I chose to listen to my kids when they said those little things from, this, from the time, the smallest thing. Mom, I'm hungry. I'd be so busy. <laughs> they just ate an hour ago. <laughs> no, kids. you're fine. You just <laughs> ate. No, they're hungry. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're not saying that mm -hmm. because you know, for something just to say. I mean, sometimes they do, of course. But I, I, I chose. I, I'm choosing to listen, and that's I think excellent. that's very, very important for those mm -hmm. little things to listen to. Those little that's things. Right. They're, they, they so need they to feel be heard. valued. Absolutely. You know, and and yeah. the one thing I'll always say, my my oldest daughter. Um, she can be a little more colorful, mm. dramatic. Mm -hmm. And so extra. I'll, we I'll, say extra. We say little extra. extra. Yeah. And so I'll let her go on a little bit and then I'll stop her and say, And how can I help you, honey? Right. Mm. Because sometimes that's all they want to know. Yeah. You know, I um I'm learning. And I'm Lisa will tell oh, you, I'm working learning. very hard <laughs> on evolving and deprogramming mm -hmm. a lot of subconscious programming that has been in there. And sometimes for me it was not feeling the emotion and just saying it like it is. I'm very, very direct. good at that. Pow. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've been, I'm direct now still having these conversations, but I think, and I, I hope you'll attest, but in a more thoughtful absolutely. manner. That's what I, I've been working I, on. Absolutely. I, and, and that's, you know, when, when in, in this panel right now and talking about this, I'm, I'm glad you, you said that, Kristen, because I wanted to recognize that um, with your permission. Just to say, Kristen, it, it, I've seen this, this evolvement over the last, you know, year, year and a half, couple of years, of a shoot from the hip, um, a very, and it's still good to, to, you know, very with both guns blazing. To you know, there's 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 a very thoughtful um, message. There's behind a pause. It. There's a pause. There's mm -hmm. thoughtfulness, uh -huh. and there's just this learning, and there's. Um, and so you know, an intentional pause, it, though, very too. intentional mm -hmm. and authentic, like 
Let me think about this. Yes, and, and, and what a gift it's been for me. Absolutely. And, and, I and, love I, that. and I want to say that, you know, because, um, you know, as, as, as a woman who's going through so much uh, in, in your life at, a, at an age where you didn't think maybe you'd be going through some of those things, myself included, um, it, you can... It, it, there, it, you can learn coping mm -hmm. skills. Yes, and that's uh, why you, it's people yes. like Dr. Kathy, like we say all the time, Dr. Kathy, and I'll tell you this, it's, uh, I have, we have, yeah. this is a privilege and honor. We're with the best minds and yeah. specialists and Absolutely. people on the planet. So every day we get to be subjected to people like you. So it sure. allows us to, for that to overlap into our own personal lives, to start making the best changes for our children. Absolutely. That's our number one. That's our number one. And real yep. quickly, I have to laugh because I want to talk real quickly about um, anxiety and depression, I promise. <laughs> but this is all part of it. It's all part but of it. But it gets yeah. back to what you just said. You know, I'm moving. And my dad, who's a tongue-in-cheek funny guy, yeah. is like, oh, do you ever think you'd be, oh, you're 47 years old. you ever think you're, you'd be moving like this? And I said, I, like... I got angry and mm -hmm. I'm like, I practiced the pause. And yeah. of course he, it was all in jest and he's totally kidding. And my new place is amazing. Beautiful. And my life is moving in a really positive trajectory. But I'm like, oh, I could come back really quickly. Yeah. Because my brain moves really fast. <laughs> it does. Dr. Kathy, I practiced the pause, <laughs> smiled at my dad. Mm -hmm. And just kept moving. Yeah. High five. <laughs> Thank five. you. Because we don't have to address we don't have right. everything that pinches and pokes. Thank you know, you. as a woman, we, we wear, we wear certain our, undergarments that, that's right. that can stick and poke us and everything, but we're not in public adjusting. Mm. Sometimes we just ignore the poke, right? Right. Right. We'll fix it later. Or Thank we'll you. deal with the internal stuff with it later. Thank you. I don't have to say it right now. Oh, God, these behaviorals. I That's mean, it's place so important. Yeah, yes. it is. It, it is. It is. You, you know the one thing we take it for, for granted? A breath. Mm -hmm. See, your pause You're is so, a breath. That's so right. And you know, I, just let's just one breath. Yeah. See, when you stop and pause, you give yourself a chance to regulate and reestablish who you've become, and not who you were. Not only from an emotional, spiritual standpoint, also from a physicality standpoint, right. it allows your body chemistry to That's regulate right. and reset. Absolutely. So it's um, an important tool with anxiety. Yes. So why, while I'm not a physician, um, I will. I do believe I'm a subject matter expert on anxiety, depression, having dealt with it, it on both sides of the family. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, when people, I don't. I obviously recommend to see a professional. However, medication I've seen help mm -hmm. um, quite a bit. You know. Mm -hmm. So when people are, are like, "Well, I don't want to take medicine to." feel comfortable to me I'm like you need to at least address the root mm -hmm. you know absolutely well root. some medication coupled, is coupled a bridge. with behavioral yes. therapies because mm -hmm. it, yes. it's not it could be only six months to a year right a talk about that a little bit sometimes medication is a bridge just to get you through right discussing the painful things that we try to avoid so sometimes you need a little help we call that a bridge it's just helping you get from this place to that place. And then for other people who need it because brain chemistry yes, won't right. allow them to have an emotionally healthy life because of brain chemistry, right. then we, we liken it unto, 
you know, um, if you have lupus, yes, you can have diabetes or diabetes or you know anything that requires medication. My, my brother had his thyroid removed, mm -hmm. so he has to take thyroid medication the rest of his life. No big deal. You don't even think about it. So if you have to have it to function and have a good quality of life. Right then you do what you need to do. That's Live right. your best life. That's, we say quality exactly versus quantity. Yes. Now, right. while we say medication can definitely help, we also say there is an amazing holistic approach Absolutely. to treating these symptoms as well. Yes. Talk for, about that as well. For example, with the anxiety, like we just stopped and took a breath. If you're feeling um, anxious and, and you're feeling paralyzed, you stop and shut everything down because you know what? Nothing's going to just die or no dire need that you mm -hmm. can't stop for right. 5, 10, 15 right. seconds and regroup. Right. You know, so you stop and you take a very deep breath through your nose, release it slowly through your mouth. And what it does is it causes your heart rate to slow down. Mm -hmm. It causes your brain waves to slow down. And it causes you to come to a different place, maybe a place of tranquility where you can then say make logical decisions logical right. decisions or you don't have to get panicked and run out of the store you right know, no one cares if you stop in an aisle and just breathe mm -hmm. right. you know it's amazing right. it's amazing and then are there support groups tell us a little bit yes. more yes. about well, opportunity for tools we're looking for tools for our toolbox so okay so the first tool for the toolbox is you want to be emotionally aware of your triggers. Okay. And we all have triggers. Yes, triggers we are, do, baby. It's that filter that you have that, you know, um, I had a, a guy say something about my dimples when I was a little girl who made me think they were ugly. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped smiling. So my trigger became, you know, whenever I saw someone with dimples, I would watch to see if they were smiling or not mm -hmm. because I was so emotionally damaged oh. by one person. And right. dimples are amazing. So yeah. for us to hear that story, <laughs> we're like, what? I, I stopped smiling at five years old because mm -hmm. he said someone bit me oh. instead of someone kissed me. I got you. So as a kid, I felt deformed because the other kids didn't have holes in their face, which is what he called them. Mm. So we have to know our triggers. So right. when you know your triggers, then you can go back and say, Oh, okay, I remember that this happened, so this is why being in this situation just caused me to go back to this place of anxiety. So knowing your triggers is one thing. Okay. Number two, knowing that there are all kind of support groups that you can go to that aren't related to using your insurance or, or people knowing you. Um, there are anonymous groups, like there's Emotionally Anonymous. There's uh, Food Anonymous for okay. people who are foodies and, and want to get help but don't want to go to Weight Watchers and get weighed in front of the whole world. Got it. You know, there's Codependence Anonymous. You're addicted to Can I get all people. those numbers? <laughs> <laughs> you speak in my love language. You know, the wonderful age of technology is, is the beauty up. of everything is at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. and so right. you can privately pursue the help that you need if you're not the kind of person that's gonna come out for therapy. And the beauty of it is that there's help. There is help. There's so much help out there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't know that there are so many of these types of uh, organizations, mm -hmm. types of meetings and mm -hmm. groups out there. And people. People. And support people yes. going through exactly what yes. you're going through who give will yourself, listen. Give yourself permission to get help. Yes. And give yourself permission to feel vulnerable mm -hmm. and let and know it's okay and you're safe and you're with safe people because you're going to feel that vulnerability and it's uncomfor uncomfortable, but yeah. with that is massive growth. Mm -hmm. And then you go and tell your story and then you'll hear these other stories and sometimes you're like, oh, 
my story ain't so bad. We all have a story. Exactly. We all have a story. Story, mm -hmm. Dr. Kathy Barton Brown. How can people get a hold of you? You can get a. I am on Facebook. Excellent, okay. um, Dr. Kathy. Dr. Kathy Barton Brown. Excellent. And I'm. I'm. Uh, you can call me. I am very open. Your and number eight one zero eight four five. 0200. And your private practice is located in, in Flint, Flint Township. Michigan, Flint Township. Mm -hmm. But you also, what's really great about you is check her, check out her Facebook because you do a lot of Facebook Live. Yeah, yeah. every Friday night, eight o'clock. Yeah, it's really great. And you do a lot of podcasts and you're also mm -hmm. a professor and you're just really amazing. And you have a regular series here with us with Kaiba Health and Life and look for <laughs> articles, mental health advocacy. You're just really special to us. So what this advice, whether we help one or thousands or everyone, it's so important, it's, mm -hmm. especially in this day and age. We're very overwhelmed by life, but you're incredible. Only the beginning, because I think, Lisa, we said what, the next 27 shows? Yes. We'll just cover... <laughs> You and me. There's so much to just, cover. I was going to say, that's that'll cover maybe like the first, you know, 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. love you. Dr. We Kathy Barton-Brown, thank you. Lisa Metropolis, as always, thank you. And a big thank you, especially to our viewers and listeners. You're amazing. This has been Kaiba Health and Life.